With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello. Welcome to Gunfighter Life. As always, I am your host, Michael Melito. First and foremost, I am a Christian. I make no apologies for that. It's first and foremost in everything in my life. This podcast is no different. One reason for this podcast is uh, I'm trying to pass on some real world experience to guys. There's a lot of YouTube channels, a lot of guys on the internet uh, with a lot of opinions, and a lot of them, they're great, but a lot of them don't have a lot of basis in the real world or real world experience. And there's nothing wrong with that, but hopefully this podcast will shed some light. I started shooting at a very early age, very blessed to have done a lot with shooting. I did my first formal shooting competition in 1998, joined the United States Marine Corps, At the age of 17, I fought two wars in Iraq in the infantry, carrying a rifle, and by God's grace made it back alive when a lot of other good men did not. After that, I was an urban warfare instructor for the United States Marine Corps. I also worked for the LAPD on some of the nastiest streets in the country, carrying a gun, and again, by God's grace, made it back safely. I've been a full-time firearms instructor for a long, long time, both for military, police, and law enforcement, uh, both our military and foreign militaries. Uh, NRA certified, FBI firearms instructor, DOJ certified firearms instructor, and a bunch of other three-letter government agencies certified firearms instructor. I did it on the civilian side as a full-time job, part-time job. Uh, I've taught a, a lot of different kinds of people how to shoot. Let's see what else is there. I've done a lot of shooting competitions, rifle, pistol, and shotgun, even things like muzzleloader and hatchet throwing. Uh, I've been very blessed to win some state-level competitions and regional-level competitions and all anything from uh, slow-fire precision rifle to action pistol, things like Steel Challenge, USPSA. If you don't know what that is, that's fine. But I've been very blessed to win a lot of different shooting competitions and a lot of different disciplines. Uh, also hunting, I've hunted all over this beautiful country from gray squirrels on the East Coast to prairie dogs on the West Coast, from white-tailed deer on the East Coast to giant elk on the west coast and everything in between wolves and bear so i've done all that i've been a very blessed man when it comes to shooting it's also my full-time job i won't say who i currently work for but i am the leader the commander of a tactical team that is my full-time job and uh and uh you know being a disciple of christ is obviously my most important job but next to that how i pay the bills is as a full-time gunfighter so I hope to pass that on to you today. This is part two. Uh, Part one was about a lot of people buying in this current crisis their first gun or what is a a good gun for the first time buyer for utilitarian tool for hard times. We went over a couple of those. So if you didn't give that a listen, please go back and give that a listen. Um, We left off with the AR-15 and that's where I'm going to pick it up today. Now, we did an entire podcast. You want to go back and listen to it on the AR versus the AK. But this is about for those new aspiring gunfighters or the first-time gun owners that went out and bought an AR. So they've gone out, they've bought it, and now what? Because going out and buying a gun does not make you a gunfighter. Just like going out and buying a Fender Stratocaster just because it's like one of Rockstar plays does not make one a Rockstar. 
Um, just buying a guitar and bringing it home and putting it under your bed does not make you a musician any more than buying an AR-15 makes you a soldier. So, if you don't have any training, you here's I well we'll get into that later. But the AR-15, a lot of people are going out right now buying their first gun. A lot of times, that's the AR-15. There's some goods and some bads to that. The AR-15 is not the worst choice you could get for a first-time gun. It has a lot of benefits. Benefit number one, it has low recoil. Benefit number two, it's a lot of fun to shoot because of that. So it's a gun that is not, uh, it may look big and scary and it may scare politicians or whatnot, but as far as shooting, it's a very pleasant, fun gun to shoot. Um, It has low recoil. It is a very inherently accurate gun. That's another good benefit of it. So I guess that'd be benefit number three. Um, it's, I wouldn't say super lightweight, but for most rifles, it's fairly lightweight. So that's another good benefit. It's fairly modular and adjustable. So that could be another benefit. You might also put that in the detriment category. But those are some benefits of that rifle. Now, some of the hindrances of the AR-15 for your first rifle, and by AR-15, I mean M16, M4 pattern variants, A1, A2, you know, AR-10s. I'm lumping them all in together. Anything on the AR stoner build kind of uh, working mechanism, direct impingement, piston, doesn't really matter. Um, I'm kind of lumping those all in together. One of the things about those is they have a very complex manual of arms and what we call PMCS in the military or maintenance schedule. So they're not super forgiving of neglect AR-15s or not. They're not known for that. Um, during the war in Iraq, I had one catastrophically fail on me and it was a good, and it was something we, I maintained. I mean, Marines maintain their weapons very well, but it had a catastrophic failure and right in the middle of a war, meaning that it could not be repaired unless you took it to like a licensed gunsmith in the Marine Corps. Like it was not something that you could just tap rack, bang and fix the malfunction. It was legit broken forever until it got fixed. I've had that happen twice, once as a contractor and once as a Marine and during the war. Um, So they're not very forgiving on neglect and they do malfunction. If you take any good AR-15 class, a big chunk of that class, like, I don't know, as much as 20 to 30% of it is just fixing malfunctions because that gun does malfunction. And it malfunctions if you really know what you're doing and you maintain it well and you lubricate it well, it's still malfunctioning. You got to know how to fix it. Even more so if you're a brand new person to a gun and you buy it and you don't know how to use it and maintain it, it's going to malfunction even more. If you don't know how to properly insert the magazine, tap it and tug it. If you don't know how to properly load the magazine and tap the back of it so that all the rounds seat properly. Um, like I said, if you're running cheap crap uh, steel-cased ammo through it, all those things add to give even more malfunctions. Um, so that's a big detriment if it's your first-time gun. Another one is they are a freaking pain in the butt. I'm talking about the traditional direct impingement, not a piston gun, but they are a pain in the butt to clean. I can almost clean every other gun that I own in the time that it takes to properly and thoroughly clean one AR-15 because there's a bunch of little tiny parts. That's another big thing. If you lose one, you're kind of screwed because if you're brand new to guns, you probably aren't stockpiling spare extractors and, and spare you know, bolt parts and spare bolt pins. Because if you lose one, then your gun's useless. 
Um, a lot of guns don't have things like that that you can lose and have to worry about. Um, so that's another big detriment. They're fairly hard to take apart and put back together. I know every soldier listening to me now is like, no, they're not. But that's you got to remember that you had you know a week's worth of training on that gun probably before you were even allowed to fire it on how to maintain it and how to strip it apart and put it back together and clean it. And most people going out buying that first AR, they don't have that. Um, and if you think the AR is just a gun you're going to take out to the range and shoot and then not clean and then put it away in a closet and then when you need it, it's going to be ready to go, that's not that gun. If you want that gun, get a single shot shotgun or a pump shotgun where I wouldn't advise it, but you could probably take it out and shoot it and never clean it and give it to your grandkids and it would just still fire just fine. They're very forgiving of neglect. The AR-15 is not that gun. Um, if you want an assault rifle to do that, then look at the AK. But the AR-15 is not that gun. Um, there's a lot of benefits to the AR-15, but it's got a lot of quirks too. Um, you know, they're very mag finicky. The mags on them don't last forever. Um, that's another uh, another big detriment. But um, so know that weapon if it's your first gun. I'm not saying it's the wrong choice or it's a bad choice. If you, I think every red-blooded American man should have an AR-15 and train with it and know how to use it. Um, but for the new user, it's not the most friendly thing to get into. So keep that in mind if that's your first AR-15. Um, learn how to use it. Learn how to maintain it. Um, practice with it. Practice loading it and unloading it without ever firing a shot. I'd say the big chunk of your practice, if you just bought it, you should practice quite a bit with it, loading it and unloading it and clearing malfunctions and things like that before you even fire a shot in it. Learn how to completely take it apart and put it back together and clean it. Um, you know, this is the day of YouTube. This is an audio podcast. You are much easier to learn if you YouTube how to fix a malfunction, how to fix a type one, type two, type three, whatever they call it, a double feed, a triple feed, um, a failure to fire. Learn how to fix those things. If you have an AR, those things happen. Um, and if you're a guy that's thinking that never happens with my R, then you just haven't trained with it enough. If you go out and put several thousands and thousands of rounds through your rifle, sooner or later you'll have a malfunction. And ARs tend to be fairly heavy on the malfunctions, both in the different kinds they can get and the different ways to fix them. So make sure you're aware of that. Um, If you have a brand new AR and you've never zeroed it, it's kind of worthless to you. Unless Unless you have to defend yourself and the person runs right up to the end of your muzzle, then you have to sight that weapon in and you have to know... If you can go back, we did a whole other podcast on BZOing your weapon. You can go back and listen to that. But you have to have that weapon sighted in. Um, because if not, it's kind of useless to you. Just like I said, just having it and buying it and putting it under your bed. You know, that that's not a thing. That's not how weapons work. You have to sight it in and train with it. Um, you have to know what ammo it likes and what it doesn't like. You have to know what ammo it's sighted in for. And right now, you might just kind of be stuck with whatever ammo you can get. If you can only get 100 rounds, you better train with, you know, 60 of those rounds and keep the rest for defense. But don't keep all of them and not shoot it. Um, I've seen plenty of guns straight from the factory that don't work. Um, Anyway, that's enough on the AR-15. Let's move to some other guns for the first time buyer that we didn't cover in the last episode. The next one would be... Uh, a 22, and I think this is a much better choice. Is it as good round for round for defense as an AR-15 or an AK? No, it's not. But they're a lot of fun to shoot. 
Um, something like a 1022 or a Marlin Model 60 or any of your bolt actions. They're very cheap and affordable. Um, they're super fun to train with. They're super good for learning the fundamentals. Um, so something like that. Can you use it for defense? You sure can. And you can also take small game with it. Um, everybody thinks that in you know, the apocalypse times, they're going to run out and live off deer they've scavenged. And like I said, I've hunted deer all over this beautiful country. But even the best deer hunter will tell you that you know, deer are hard to find in normal times and hard to hunt in normal times. You might go an entire season and not get a good shot on a deer. Um, and let alone when you're in hard times, you haven't showered for a week and you stink and you're trying to sneak up on a deer in the woods. So keep that in mind. You might be much better off with squirrel and rabbits and quail and chucker, wherever you are, whatever kind of small game there are in the country, marmots, whatever. You may be far better off trying to put meat on the table with that. And in that situation... Um, the 22 is really going to shine for you. Whereas like the AR-15, yeah, you can shoot a squirrel with an AR-15, but there's not going to be much left to eat when you do. So think about that. The the, the, the 22, I would say ammo is cheap, but right now and this time, no ammo is cheap. But if it's your first time purchase, if it were me advising somebody and they were choosing between an AR-15 and an AK or a Ruger 10-22 for their first gun, even if it was primarily for defense, I'd steer them towards a 10-22. Um, much easier to clean, much easier manual of arms. Um, you can just buy some brake parts cleaner or some gun scrubber and just spray it down and, and spray some oil in it and run the action a couple times. Um, and it'll keep running and running and running most of the time. Um, sure, they can be ammo finicky, but so can an AR-15. Um, that's about all I got on the 22. Also, 22 pistols, if you can get one of those, those are great trainers. They're great to, to learn on, great to train with. Um, they will also work in a defensive situation. They are not the best, but they are better to learn on. I'd rather have somebody well-trained with a 22 than somebody that just bought their first Glock 9mm with tritium night sights and a super sick Kydex holster, and they were able to get 50 rounds of ammo and they've never shot it. I'd rather have somebody with an old beat-up 22 single-action revolver that they train hundreds of rounds with and know how to use and know where it shoots. Um, I'd rather have that person than the person with a slicked out brand new Glock 17, like I said, with night sights and everything else that's brand new clean in the box that they've never shot. Like I said, I have gotten Glock, I have gotten guns and some of them have been Glock straight brand new from the factory that don't work. You got to think about gun companies. They make hundreds and thousands and millions of guns. Not everyone is perfect. They have a variance in tolerances, and some don't work brand new from the factory. I've had it happen. I've had, I've had uh, handguns come sometimes where the barrels weren't even rifled properly. I just had a guy go through training with a brand new gun, a very reputable manufacturer, and the barrel crown was messed up. It was literally splitting bullets apart when he was firing it. A brand new gun. That gun was basically useless. Brand new from the factory, and it's very nice, expensive, well-made gun. Don't just assume because you bought a brand new gun that it works. That's not it's not how that works. Um, it's uncommon, but it does happen. I'd rather you have a 22 that you took out and found a 500-pound brick and practiced with 400 of those rounds and got good with it and kept the other 100 rounds for defense. Um, so keep that in mind. That's pretty much all the major firearm types we've covered in Part 1 and Part 2. Well, we didn't cover some other things like the AK. The AK, if you're looking for your first weapon, I'd say is probably a better choice if you're new to guns than the AR. We did a podcast versus AR-15 versus AK-47, and uh, you might want to go back and listen to that. 
Um, and they're both about even, I think. If we're being honest, you may prefer one over the other, but they're about even. But for the new-time gun owner, the AK really is a better choice. I'm going to go ahead and say that in my training and experience. There's a reason that they arm 12-year-old kids in Africa with AKs. I'm not saying that's a good thing. It is not a good thing. But the fact that a 12-year-old can use it and maintain it and and use it effectively means that it's pretty forgiving for the first-time user. Not so much with the AR-15. The things I talked about, the AR, spare parts, and things breaking and malfunctions. Um, AKs do malfunction occasionally. Yes, I know you might think AKs never malfunction, but they do. But the way to clear them, because they have a big, giant ejection port and they're not all enclosed like an AR, they're much easier to fix and malfunction. Even to somebody that doesn't know what's going on, if an AK malfunctions, they can kind of look at it. If you have any kind of mechanical background or common sense, you can kind of look and be like, oh, let me just pull the charging handle and it fixes it. It's it's pretty easy. Um, so I would say for a first-time user, if, you can, if you're choosing between the two, an AK is a better choice. I will go ahead and say that. I'm not saying it's a better rifle than the AR-15, but I'm saying for somebody with no training, it is. It is definitely better. Well, guys, talking about gunfighting, I did this on my way to the range, and I am now at the range, and I'm going to do some practicing. Um, So I will leave you guys to it. Gunfighters, aspiring gunfighters, if you have somebody looking at buying that first gun, uh, maybe give them this podcast, episodes one and two uh, of this because you may know a lot and you might already be a gunfighter, but a lot of times, as the Bible says, the prophet has no honor in his own country. They may want to listen to somebody else. They may feel insulted if you're trying to instruct them, especially if it's a wife or a brother or an uncle. They may think that you're trying to act like you know more than them. And even if you do know more than them, sometimes it's either easier to give them a third-party perspective. So maybe you'll pass this along. Hope it helps. That's the whole reason I'm doing the podcast. I don't make any money from this. In fact, it costs me money. I'm doing it for the benefit of society. On that note, if you are a gunfighter and you have some training, if you've been a soldier or a Marine or a police officer and you have some handgun training, rifle training, and you know somebody who bought that first gun, take some time. Take out a new shooter and teach them how to shoot. Um, that's all I'll say in closing. Thanks, guys, and have a blessed day. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.